The following audio brought to you by TSF Entertainment Podcast may contain graphic descriptions of violence and or audio clips of violence or sexual explicit events. Listener's discretion is advised. I'm finna take y'all to a place that's real special to my heart. You ain't never been down here in the dirty, dirty. Come with me. This little bad cousin talking, popping, dropping on the beat. Coming with the heat, chuck a Lisa mopping through your screens. Got a song flow like a river, beat the D up like a drum. Calm down, nigga, now I'ma make your ears come with me down in the valley. Down in the alley where we put some tax shit. That ass round pussy valley. I ain't shame about where I'm from, bitch. I get it out the mud from the bottom, pulling down a second shit. I'm like the sun. Chocolates up bitches do Cause one, two, that be coming for you I ain't never scared With that Draco by my side Getting litty in the city Till the bitch I fucking die We don't say these hoes are thrill up Over bitches to the side Send the flex on them tonight With my crystal right or die So rip your shit Rip, rip your city Rip that hood that made you good I'm repping Chocolates the city Chocolates the city Yo, what's up, everybody? This is your boy, Retro CG, and I would like to welcome you to the TSF Entertainment Podcast. And on tonight's show, I am joined by Miss Really BTV and Paris the Boss. I am so excited to have my awesome co-host today as we are reviewing Star's new show, P-Valley. And I must say, it's a very interesting drama about a strip club in Chuckaloosa City, Mississippi. Say it again, Chuckaloosa. Chuckalusa. 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 I, don't know, I, I get confused. Chuckalusa, right? I always want to say Chuckalusa. Chuckalusa. Yeah. Yep. Chuckalusa City, Mississippi. So tonight we're going to be talking about episode 102, Scars. So the episode starts off at the Paradise, in the Paradise Room at the Pank. Mm. And we're hearing Houdini's The Freak Come Out at Night. Oh, yeah. That was the perfect <laughs> intro song. That was a perfect song for that yes, scene. You lied about that. The freaks do come out at night. So we see Mississippi and Mercedes are putting a customer who we later learn in the episode, his name is Corbin, and through a bondage session in the Paradise Room. So Autumn is kind of like outside in the Champagne Room. She's giving a lap dance to a customer, but she's uh, trying to peep what's going on in the um, Paradise. Yeah, she was trying to be nosy as fuck. And Diamond checked her real quick. It was like, yo, concentrate on your on your trick right now and not worry about what's going on in here in the paradise. So what was your thoughts about that thing? I'm sure y'all got some comments about well, that. Well, I just I was gonna say, can we bring up the whole slave like they were they were playing out this whole slave, like massive big house slave thing. And and can I know that we see this throughout with the whole picking cotton thing? I, I I'm sure that's there purposefully, but I, I just found that very interesting. I don't know. I if think I think that, that plays a part, though. I I really didn't care for the slavage part, but I think it plays a part because his his uh, brothers and stuff seem to run some type of cotton mill place. Because if you remember, they when when they we I don't know what episode that was, but they were talking in the fields. And there was a whole bunch of cotton around. So I'm I, I don't know. Maybe it's, and then it's Mississippi. You know, Mississippi is kind of known to kind of still be behind times versus other locations in the U.S. So maybe that's why they were kind of 
putting it out? Well, we definitely see that um, Chuck Elisa is definitely behind the times right. because we had that big conversation last night about trying to figure out is this present day, is this past day. So we kind of came to the determination that it is present day. But yeah, they're definitely a depressed um, town, and that's behind times. But I think the whole cotton thing, yeah, that that's that's going to be a recurring thing um, throughout this show. However, I'm sure that that's probably how they continue to generate their mm-hmm. wealth. Is they're probably selling the car? Well, I say yeah. it's it's definitely in. I'm gonna say it's definitely in 2020. But a lot of people that I know that actually lived or went to school in Mississippi always said Mississippi was more still a more more racist state than they've been in anywhere else. So mm. I think that's kind of still how it is because even when the brothers were mad that um he even got that court and what's his name Corbin Corbin. That he even had um, anything, any claim to it, and his mom was the maid. And see, that kind, I think that's kind of like his reality. He knows what his position is in life. He knows that, you know, he was birthed by his mom, who was a slave or a maid or whatever the case may be. And I think that's kind of like spilled over into his personal life with the whole master slave thing bondage things turn into some type of freaky sexual fetish mm-hmm. or whatever but we see at the paint that all fantasies are played out at this club right so, one thing you is know, whatever you into the paradise room that's what i didn't i was wondering like well, how does he pay to do all that <laughs> big bank right it had to be a lot but what was it you know i was wondering like what did it what did that cost him <laughs> to get beat <laughs> and tied up. <laughs> Just, and the fact that he uh, did pay for the privilege, it's like, wow, okay, did. thank you. Right, he paid for the privilege. <laughs> yep, he liked it too. Oh, yeah, he That's definitely, he definitely liked it. I was going to say something, but I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to leave it at that. Go there. Go there. Go there. It's your show. Ain't go my there. show. I was just, I was, it was going to be, I was just going to clown you about freaks coming out at night. And, you, you would know about that. That's I was just gonna clown you, but I said, nah, let me just let me Nah, just. you know about that. <laughs> nah, let me You probably got one of them you probably got one of them costumes and whips. I got a paradise room in my basement. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> Move it on. Move it on. Right, move it on. <laughs> TMI. So what's up in the next scene? So the next scene, uh, we see the club going up uh, for Fantasy Friday. So um I kind of like the fact that the club has different things, you know, for different nights. You know, they have different things going on. Mm-hmm. So we didn't see Uncle Clifford greets Corbin. And um, as he's talking to Corbin, he sees Miss Autumn Knight passing by. And he asks her for the ID. Like, he's been already told her that, yo, you've been here for a week now. I need your ID so I get your paperwork done. And of course, she starts begging for him to pay her under the table. And... Then she tried to switch lanes real quick and throw a little shade about what um, Mercedes and Mississippi was doing in the um, Paradise. Right. And Uncle Clifford wasn't trying to have none of that. And he was like, yo, if you want to continue to work here, I need your ID. So right there to there, we see that she's trying to fly under the table. It's kind of like what we were talking about last night, Chris, um, is that um, she definitely wants to be. Um... So what's y'all thoughts on that? I was I was a little like I I was a little shocked that she was kind of getting a little she was kind of getting a little feisty with Uncle Clifford, you know. But I think that she really expected. Again, I don't know if it was a preconceived notion about what happens at a strip club, but she really felt like 
she'd be able to work under the table. She was going to be able to come in here. Well, let me, right. let me yeah, say she was gonna that be able to come in here clubs... and, and get fast money without. Go ahead, sorry. Sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Most nah, strip clubs, you're an independent contractor. So they would not ask you for your ID, et cetera. You pay your tip out, you go about your business. Um, so because it, it, I kind of felt like it was a double edged sword because he wanted, he said he wants to do stuff by the book, but he doesn't do everything by the book. We know that. So I'm like, okay, well, you're saying you want to do stuff by the book, but you, you do be breaking rules too because you're not supposed to be selling alcohol and he's selling alcohol. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, I just kind of was like, oh, okay, well, you know, he wanted her to have his ID. But usually when you're a stripper, you're a 1099 employee, you don't have to do all that. But I think with this being a Bible belt down in the Delta. I think that the rules are a little bit different for uh, that type of business. And I don't know, maybe he's filing tax returns. I don't know. I mean, you're right. He's not giving any payroll. Right, <laughs> so he's not right. taking any payroll taxes or whatever. So it's not like he's got to fill out an I-9 for any of these folks. So, you know, I just, I guess for him, it's maybe a, a personal security. He wants to know who's working for them, working for him. And, you know, everybody is legit, you know, so because if if someone comes in there and they got drama or if they got, you know, somebody, they're on the run or somebody looking for them or whatever, that's going to bring heat to his spot. So I guess it's a security precaution for him maybe that he wants to make sure that all his people are legit or, and who they say they are, but even still, he knows that she's not who she says she is, but he continues to let her work there, so I guess you're right, Paris. He's breaking rules regardless. It is true, so and maybe, but maybe it was something about him. Maybe, maybe Maybe I mean something about her. Maybe he's like, I need to know who this person is. Like, you know what I'm saying? Maybe he's feeling some kind of way about her too. I don't know, but you're right. I didn't think about it from that point. I I didn't even think about it like that. I mean, because probably part of that is probably because of how she showed up in the middle of the night out of nowhere, from how she was dressed and how she interacts with everybody. He probably knew that. Okay, yeah, she she running from something. You know, let me keep an eye on this one right here because she may be a problem on down the line, which I think she is going to be a problem on down the line. So the next scene, um, we see Big L. Um, he's um, at the uh, window cashing the Mexican checks. And he's worried that the money that's coming in from the um, paycheck cashing is not going to be enough to cover the $55,000 that's owed, that's they're defaulted on. Uh, apparently, Uncle Clifford has take a, taken a loan out with chun them checks. Right. <laughs> And um, he's defaulted on that loan now. So, and Uncle Clifford clearly has been um, ignoring the past due notices. And we've had an offline conversation back and forth about this whole money situation about the club. But he reassures um, uh, Big L that, you know, with the soap down car wash fundraiser, they're going to have the next day that, you know, they're going to bring in some more money and pretty much all money count up. You know, all money stack mm-hmm. up. And then um, Big L wants to know, hey, when when is Duffy going to come and get this oxy that we're holding for him? And hopefully he paid for holding these drugs for him. So what y'all think about I that? Thought, um, I thought, I knew Big L knew they was in trouble, but I don't think he knows how, like, what the, like, now. I don't think he knows the depth of how bad they're in debt. I know he knows it's bad, but I think he knows, like, the numbers. No, I think he does now because he opened the letter. He opened the letter. Because you remember he was... I, I feel like Uncle Clifford owed a lot of people. Could be. That's one of the things that me and um, Crystal was trying to figure out is, like, where's the money going? Like, the club is is packed out. You know, they're bringing in bank. You know, obviously, they got enough money to sit here and cash paychecks. So, they making money, but we're just trying to figure out where is the money going? 
you know, why is he so behind in debt? Like, so maybe he could owe a lot of stuff, you know. Maybe this is not his. I'm own just way trying to figure out is, what but... he's like. Where where is the money going? Like, there has to be something with this money. And one, where's the money going? And two, he has so many different pots going where he's bringing money in. And every time we go on that back road, like you were saying earlier, there is money on the counter. Like they are killing it. Where is this money going? Like he don't have that much overhead. No, he doesn't have that much overhead, and we've we've broken down what his potential overhead could be. But the girls seem to be doing well. You know, all the girls got trash bags full of money all the time. You know, everybody's tip out seems to be pretty decent. Right. He you don't know, drive a fancy wings, car. He don't know. live in a fancy house. Like, what are you doing? And I think that's going to be a part right. of that's that's going to be revealed to us. I think that'll be revealed to us that something's going on with the money. And then let's talk about Mercedes. If Mercedes was able to work there for seven years and stack up twenty k. Like, uh, Uncle Clifford, what the hell are you doing with your, your guap? Where's your money going? Well, 20K is not a lot for seven years. Uh, I'm sorry. It's not a lot at all. I guess she still had but that's not to say that every that's not to say every penny that she earned dancing was saved. I mean, she still had living expenses. Yeah, she had, she had but, herself a little spot. She had a little car. We're assuming she probably paid. I guarantee you we're going to find out that she, that she doesn't owe any money on that spot. All she got to do is take care of that damn dog. <laughs> and, he, and his phone cost about ten ninety nine, right? And she drive an old car too. Exactly. Uh, maybe she got a mortgage. Maybe she got to pay her mortgage, and you know she got to eat and all that. And you know maybe she's out here buying bags and stuff. But like, no, but that's what she know what, cause, but... right? Because that's what she. I mean, that's going into episode four. But remember, that's what she was fussing at them about. Like, nah, uh, uh-uh. uh. Like I yeah, tried she to. She literally her. said, "I but... saved every penny." She literally said that. That's why I said she don't got no expenses. Mm, I still think for a stripper who doesn't have any other source of income that's coming in, for her to mm, seven years is a long time to save up twenty k. But the fact that she was able to do it, yeah, I mean, think about so it. The average person think, that, that I mean, the average person don't have twenty thousand dollars in their disposable savings. Correct. So I mean, we I might mean, we might be able to pull it out of a four hundred one k or something like that. Can't go to the bank and go into their savings account, and it's twenty k in there. Yeah, apparently neither can Hell she. No. Next subject. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're teetering into um, a further ahead episodes, but <laughs> so the next thing we see, Uncle Clifford walks out to his car to get a break from the situation. I guess he wants to just you know get a cigarette and kind of cool off for a little bit, think about the situation. And, of course, we see him put the past due notice in his glove box, and it's joined by others that he has. Oh, right, he got a glove, block, a glove like compartment a, full of them. Full of past due mail. And then he lights up a cigarette, and then who we see pop up in the back seat? Little Murder. So I'm going to let y'all talk about this. Little Murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to let y'all talk what? about that. What you want us to talk about? It's Little Murder. I mean, he in the back seat. You know, he want, he want to talk to Little... He want to talk to... Uncle Clifford about getting his music played in the club, and then they sort of reminisce on what happened in the Paradise Room last week, or what didn't happen, and right. you know that there was some sort of there's some sexual tension there, some kind of entanglement, right? <laughs> yeah, there's some sort of some sort of entanglement <laughs> there. You I know, think only suspect that yeah. I think I don't think they had sex, but I think no, it was oral. I think there was some oral. Well, no, because he offered it to him, and Little Clifford. I mean, look, remember, um, Little Clifford, Uncle. He no, offered it to him, and um, because he he even said he was like, "Well, you were scared of it. Like you act like you were scared of it." So 
it, it, no, I think he was scared to have sex. I think he got the head though. Really? See, I didn't yeah, get because the impression that he flash, got the head. Yeah. You gotta go back and watch. Oh. No, nah, because there was oh, a flashback. Yeah. yeah, he he was having like a flashback oh, okay. uh, while he was sitting in the car, and there was some type of entanglement. <laughs> yeah, entanglement. That's the word we're gonna use. I like that. <laughs> Somebody's mouth was entangled on somebody's entanglement part, you know. Yeah, they will make it out. How about that? I don't think they had sex though. No, they did because he said he was running from the D. So you know what? Wait. Oh damn! I gotta wait till we get to that episode. I just had. I just had. I'll talk to y'all about that offline. Okay. So, um, he obviously wants. He obviously admires Uncle Clifford's taste in music, and he knows that he knows what he's talking about when it comes to his music. Cause his music that he was doing was kind of trash, and enough it was slow. <laughs> slow is what they call it. I like that. But one thing we do learn, we do learn that regardless of how much debt the pink is in, everybody come to the pink for you know whatever purposes. They see that as a cornerstone for that community or whatever. It's an important right. spot. So for him to have his music played at the strip club, he he's he's a he's made it. You know he feel like he don't arrive, he don't made it. So he's, but we also see in that situation, he's real serious about his music, but he doesn't take the criticism about his music well, because I mean, Mercedes tried to tell him in the last episode, like, yo, your shit ain't knocking, yo, I can't bump to this. And then Uncle Clifford tells him, yo, if you, if you try to get your music played in the club, you got to make some for these girls to twerk to, like, they can't dance to this shit, yo. But he's serious about his artistry and he wants his, he wants other people to take him serious as an artist. So I can respect him for that, but his methodology of going about it seems a little bit of. Um, seems a little bit obsessed about it. Well, most artists that take you their know, music seriously find it offensive. You know, like, oh, I keep bringing, you know, when other yeah, people they don't, don't like, like it, their work. Like, well, damn, right. I worked hard on this. Like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I was, I just, this took twenty hours. I can days. understand that. So, I can understand, I understand where he's coming from. All right, so in the next scene, we see Mercedes out doing her thing. You know, she's out jogging through the neighborhood with her and her dog, her pit bull, Blackie Mile. And of course, there's a um, there's a there's a dude across the street, fresh out of D block. <laughs> Main 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 um, pretty much tells her that you know he heard about her last dance and he gonna be there. And then they have a whole bunch of conversation back and forth about him being on house arrest, how he gonna get out. And he pretty much said, "I got somebody that's gonna wear the ankle bracelet for me, but I'm coming to see your last dance." So it seems like there, there's some attraction between the two of them. You know, she lives across the street. He lives across the street or whatever. Mm-hmm. So clearly he wants to fuck. But, you know, she goes on in. And when she gets inside, she gets a call from her mama, her begging-ass mama. Um, and she declines the call. So, I mean, she seems to live well. I'm not going to say she lives lavish. But, you know, she seems to be secure in her life, her situation. She seems to be, you know, not dependent on anyone for survival. Anything... Anything that we want to note about that scene, or that's pretty much cut. Yeah, dry I mean, as it you is. know, I think what we don't know is the history between the two of them, which you know, again, not to get too far ahead, but we see a, a, a little bit more. But there seems to be a history there. There's a flirtation. Like I think that's the softest we've ever seen Mercedes. Like you clearly can tell that she likes this this guy. You know what I mean? But yeah, she was being a woman in front of yeah, this man. Yeah, like, yeah, she yeah. She was truly being a woman, whereas. Um, Previous to that, her character is, is, is this real strong woman. Don't take no shit from nobody. But in this case, she really was a woman in front of a man. You know, she was kind of, you know, um, 
playing her position, so to speak. You know, there was some flirtation going back and forth between them, you know, and she probably knows that dude got the eye for or whatever, but, you know, she didn't really indulge on it. She just kind of flirted with him and went on about her business. So, in the next scene, we see the mama is at the church, and I guess that's all she do. She don't got no job or nothing. She just stays at the church Sunday to Sunday or whatever, leaving um, Mercedes a voicemail about why you ain't come and bring me your tile. So I guess her expectation is for every night that Mercedes dances, the next day she needs to get a donation to church. Right. Like That's, you know, per the Bible is 10%. So when she comes in on Sunday and she puts a hundred dollar bill in a collection plate and she only earned a thousand dollars for the week, you know, she's paid her tithes. But clearly her mom expects for her to give larger portions in her tithes on a daily, weekly basis. So I just think that's real low of her mom to be, you know, pressuring her to always bring her money for the church. Yeah, I don't know. That whole relationship is it's just crazy. Like I I don't dysfunctional. It's, it's beyond dysfunctional, but yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess that's what the the expectation is. Because yeah, that's that's crazy. And so we then see that one of the um the church ushers or deaconess or whoever she is comes in and says, um, um, Patrice, it's time for you to practice your solo. And then she quickly corrects her, it's Sister Woodbine. So clearly we see that she wants to be more in the church than what she really mm-hmm. is. And we find out that she's a treasurer at the church, but she wants she wants more notoriety. She wants more she wants more of a position in the church. And then we see um, the pastor kind of slide on in and, you know, he started having conversations with her too about, Hey, I thought your daughter was getting ready to come bring us some more money today. You know, where she at? And, you know, clearly he's kind of flirting with her. He can tell that she likes Mm -hmm. him. So he's kind of using that to exploit her, to get money into the church building fund. And then what does he pick out of her eyelash, like a feather or something? And she's like, I might have to try you out on this pulpit. You know, she's, her panties is getting wet right. at this point. Right. Yeah. I don't know what it was that he picked out of her eyelash, but yeah, he was all up in her face. And it's 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 clear that she likes him and he knows that she likes him and he's playing on that, you know. Yep. 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 So Paris, any thoughts for you on that scene? Um, no, I I agree with um what Crystal was saying. Um, I you know what I really don't know what did he pick out of her lashes and now that's making. Me- I think it was a feather. Uh-huh. I, I think it was. A I'm feather. gonna hold that for later. I'll pin that for later. Okay. <laughs> you so stupid. <laughs> pin that one for later because I think I know where you're going. Yeah. So the next scene we see Haley um at a phone booth and see this is another reason why I feel like it's past day because we don't got telephone booths anymore. In remember, but remember in have- Mississippi, Mississippi is Mississippi is still behind in times as versus like how other states are. That's what, you, I guess, that's what you have to remember. I guess they still have a telephone company. I guess they still have a telephone company because most phone services now are voice over IP. So you know, I guess they still have telephone poles and bell sound for <laughs> Southern Bell. Well, oh, yeah, maybe Southern Bell. The fact Bell. that they're trying to put it like it's positioned in Mississippi, and I only know this because I got accepted to Jackson uh, State University, which is in Mississippi, and I had to send them some paperwork and I couldn't, they did not allow me to email it. I had to mail it. Like, that's how behind they are. And that's a big university. You know, so I'm like, I, I wow. just think stuff mm-hmm. is still kind of like, you know, certain states are still kind of behind in the times 
when it comes to like how mm-hmm. advanced we are on the East Coast or West Coast or a bigger state. Yeah, I feel you on that. So anyway, she's at this payphone. Um, she's on the phone with FEMA, and um, she has a handful of IDs that she's checking to see if any of these people are deceased. And uh, that's when we learned that uh, Lakeisha Savage has not been reported as deceased. So in that moment, she decides to take up her identity. Mm-hmm. And then she asks about a guy, Montavious Hill. So are we left to assume that's her baby daddy or her husband? I think or... that's the guy that, there yeah, I think reason. that's the guy. I think that's the guy that she was fighting with that put the gun to her head. I think that's who he is. Yep. <clears throat> yep. It's curious, though, that she didn't ask about her own self. You know, she asked about him, but it would it would have been curious for me to have heard her ask about herself to see what status is she in with FEMA? Is she considered missing, deceased, or whatever the case may be? But she didn't ask for herself. But we do see that the IDs that she have in tow are from Texas. So we're left to assume that she's from Texas because originally I thought she was from Louisiana, but um, I think she's from Texas. But can we can we also say that we're assuming that she didn't ask about herself because we really... I, I was going to say name, the exact same thing. I don't think her real name is Haley. I don't believe that for one second. I don't think that's a real name. I, but I, well, I, it kind of goes back to what we were saying last night. She is just so fucking mysterious. We don't know what she's saying is the truth. We don't know until we see otherwise proof. Of everything that comes out of her mouth is questionable. Don't, the only point. thing that we can say that is a hundred percent true is she's an alcoholic. Her name is Alki. Well, with Alki. that we know. <laughs> right. That we can and all thotty. agree with. Yeah, we could all agree that her name is Alki. Like we don't know anything else about Alki. Alki uh, has curly hair and wears terrible wigs. <laughs> so in the next scene here, we're not going to even get started on the wigs because that'll just remind me of our good friend Tasha yeah. St. Patrick. But um, anyway, in the next scene, we see um, Andre at his hotel room and he's working on a PowerPoint presentation for um, the development group, um, Promised Land Equities or Promised Land, some bullshit. He's working on a PowerPoint and he's pretty much looking at the. Um, the pictures that he's taken at the club. And some of the pictures he's taken, it was just kind of weird. You know, somebody throwing up outside the club. He's got pictures of Haley, Uncle Clifford. But so we later learn in episodes to come why he's so he's so focused on the pink. So we, we know why now, why that's the center point for him. But anyway, he's working on his little presentation for the um, investment group to, and then we shoot to the next scene where he's out in the cotton at the uh, Wayne Brothers plantation house, which is a cotton field. And one of the brothers got the nerve to stick his head out the fucking door and stuff, talking about pick some. <laughs> talking about, oh, and then he tried to play it off and it was like, oh, most people that come here want to take some for a souvenir. No, nah, I think he was uh, low key throwing a little racist right. joke at him. Like, but even the whole, even the whole, when people come through here, they want to do it to me is like, yeah. That was some racial undertone. Yeah. Right there. That, that, I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't too much care for that. So anyway, they have a conversation about uh, them selling their property. Apparently, they're selling their their um, plantation um, for $6 million. We later on find out that it's worth less, but you know the mayor has somehow finagled them to get more money because they helped him get elected. So the two brothers, Wayne and Wyatt, you know, they signed a document, you know, saying that they agreed to sell the, the property. But then we learned that they have a third brother, which is a half-brother, which is uh, refusing to sign 
um the um the agreement. So the brothers are upset, and um, Andre offers to go talk to him to try to convince him how this is a good deal for them. They can sign, but you know, six million dollars is not going to be split good three ways. So, you know, we later learn that Corbin wants more money and mm-hmm. he has more of a business sense than the two brothers do that. And he's the he's the child of the of the maid and he got more sense in this business transaction than the two brothers do. But then Andre asked him, you know, where, where can I find out the brother? And he's like, oh, he'll be over there at the paint, um, you know, spending daddy's hard earned money on Jameson and pussy. So what y'all thought about that? Because the brothers give me a little bit of a white supremacist racial type of feel about them. I didn't too much care for them brothers. Um, I didn't get so much white supremacist. I mean, I do right. think that they definitely grew up in an environment where they they were the alpha. I think they re- I think they resent the brother because he was, you know, daddy's little dirty secret. And right. then when daddy died, did he just, you know, did daddy just Or do they resent him because he's black? No, I think they resent him for he's dad's dirty secret and then he and then the dad has sex with a maid. Okay. So I don't think it's so much as I don't think it's so much as oh, it's only because he's he's mixed. I think it's a number of things. Like, well damn, he cheated on our mom, then he cheated with the mate, and the maid's black, and they used to pick cotton. You know what I mean? Like so it's like a, a combination of things. Plus he's a, plus his half brothers are assholes, they're assholes. So, Assholes don't go together. And they <laughs> and then the brother is holding them up from progress right now. So right. yeah, they I guess they do have reason for them to be in their feelings. They're in their bag for a number of reasons, but mainly because they can't progress with this deal without his signature. Right. He and they are being very of, short-sighted. Right. He he gets money regardless. Yeah. So he, they I mean, even if they didn't like him, he still will get money if he signed a deal. It's just that he don't agree with what the way they want to do it. So he's like, No, I'm not right. doing it. And they're like, right, damn, right. we didn't even know about you. And now we got no, you you messing everything up for the up for the other two. Yep. But actually he's trying to get all of them a better deal. So it's not just for because that works in reverse. So, you know, Corbin is not trying to get a deal just to benefit himself, because the brothers are benefit from it too. If they lease the land versus sell it, then they'll make more money over time than it will be with these cup the six million that we got to split three way. And guess what? When y'all run through that six million, that's it. Y'all done. Right. So he's right. trying to keep it where y'all got money coming in. We have money coming in all the time, which is to me a, a better investment. You know, if I have an opportunity to lease my land rather than sell it, then I still retain ownership of it and I still get money off of the lease. So it's a win-win. But them dumbass brothers see fast money, quick money, and that's what they want. So the next thing we cut to uh Mercedes, she's out um with her girls, her majorette girls, they're getting ready to have practice. And the girls talking about it's too, too hot out here. She's got them at a different location than where they normally practice at. So, you know, Miss Mercedes, are we going to practice out here today or what? And that's when she announces to the girls that um, next week, you know, we'll be practicing in our new gym. And she introduces the girls to the new gym. So they were all excited. She was excited. You know, you had a couple of the moms that were out there um, as well. And then you see a couple of the guys that, you know, know that she works at the strip club. Probably seen her dancing at the strip club come by, you know, make comments about, let me see your booty shake or some bullshit like that. She runs them off, whatever. And then one of the moms, who we later find out in the next episode who she really is, makes a comment about, oh, we can't get the gym fast enough or whatever. So, I mean, I get it. She's a stripper and everybody in town knows that she's a stripper. But look what she's trying to do for these girls. 
and she's still trying to take you know a, a a bad situation and turn it into a good situation by opening this gym for these girls. So I mean, I I mean, I rock with Mercedes. I, I like her hustle. I mean, she she took her time at the strip club and she made it worthwhile for her future. So I mean, I can't be mad at her for that. But you but you remember who that was that said. Yeah, yep. so I mean, there's a history there with them. We'll yep. get to that in episode three, but yeah, there's. Yep, yep, I agree. So in the next episode, we see um, Mississippi doing her thing. You know, she's the um, one that is always, you know, putting a post up on Instagram. I'm assuming it's Instagram, or yeah, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, on social media. She's doing one of her social media posts to try to gather in some customers for the car wash. And that's something that's modern you know day. That. So that lets you know that we, you know, we right. social media things, you know. Yep. Even though none of the cars they was out there washing was modern. Well. Day, yeah. <laughs> so it's the annual soap down at the paint. So the girls are out there doing oil changes, selling plates, uh, giving lap dances, washing cars. I mean, not a bad hustle for a strip club, you know. But That's yeah, but you ain't raising. A, a but you ain't raising no fifty five. You ain't about to raise no fifty five thousand dollars. Like, Uncle right. Clifford no really was talking like they was about to really do something with that car wash, and I was like, "Come on, Uncle Clifford, like for real." Uh, I, I'm sure they don't even raise what they raise near, normally on a normal night of the girls dancing uh, with that car wash. Right. I mean, like Big right. L said, ain't enough cars in Chuckalisa for us to wash for us to raise this kind of money. But like Big, uh, like Uncle Clifford said, all money stack up. So, that is true. You know, in his in his mind, he's thinking that, yo, you know, money coming in is a good thing. Um, so then we see Mayor Rufflin pull up, who's played by Isaiah Washington, and I won't comment on my thoughts about Isaiah Listen, Washington. I and can't even, I didn't even recognize that that was, like, like, it took me a minute. I was like, it took me a minute. Hmm. I won't even oh, comment well, I guess about we'll have his to have characters offline that he portrays. Then. Okay, then, <laughs> yeah, we gonna have. But yo, I didn't recognize him either. If it wasn't for me having to go back and look at the credits, yeah, like, I had to yo, go back. He's, he's yeah. really aged. I told you it was he's Isaiah. Really aged over the I years. said it was Isaiah. You did. Yeah, you said it. You I, did. I had to look and at. And then of the, course, um, in the opening credits, it says Isaiah Washington, and I was like, "Who's Isaiah Washington?" Because where is he, he wasn't even in the first episode, right. so that's why I was like, "What mm-hmm. character is Isaiah Washington playing?" And, like when it was, I said, "Wow!" So yeah. But kind of going back to what you were saying, and then we meet the uh, the mayor's secretary, and Uncle Clifford comes up and asks her how she take dick. <laughs> he was like, how you take dick, Tayshia? <laughs> that shit was funny. So she's taking pictures, and of course, Uncle Clifford comes up and photobombs them, and you know, him and the mayor have some banter back and forth about uh, the orders that he's put in place, which we find out in episode four, the the reason why that or- that order is in place. Yeah. But at this time, he knows complaining to him about, you know, why would you pass a law that says we can't serve alcohol and the girls got to be covered up, you know? So they kind of go back and forth there. I agree with you, Crystal. I believe there's some kind of history between the two of them, you know? Um, And it just so happened that uh, Mayor Ruffin actually won the election for mayor, but, you know, it seems like Uncle Clifford would probably be a better mayor, so to speak. Mm -hmm. they, they, They seem to have some type of history between each other. They don't like each other. Yeah, they clearly don't like each other. Yeah, but see, that proves mm-hmm. right there that they're, that Mississippi is a, conserv- a conservative state, which is why he wants the girls to cover up no alcohol, all that stuff. Think about it. Mm, yes and no. We, we, we found out today why. 
because basically he is. I don't want to well, tip the hand before it's time for me to tip episode. the hand. Yeah, we can't talk about that, right? We ain't on that episode. So anyway, uh, Uncle Clifford um, calls over Mercedes and um, Haley to come detail the mayor's truck. So they're in there cleaning the truck up, and um, Mercedes asks um, Haley for some of the um, cleaner, and she's like, "Oh, the bottle's empty." Lie. And so Mercedes gets out the truck and goes and gets some more cleaner to finish detailing the truck. And so at that moment, she's just sitting back there all nonchalant like she really don't want to be the fuck here. And they start washing the truck down. And she starts freaking out. Mm-hmm. So I guess she thought that she was drowning. Yeah, per se, the water. The yeah, that, water. yeah, she was flashing back. Yeah, she was again that PTSD moment. Yeah, and she has a real bad. She really needs some counseling because I think the I think going back to what you were saying, Paris, I don't think it's that she was a she's a natural alcoholic. I think this is what she's using to cope with her her trauma right now. She's using the alcohol to medicate. She's self medicating with alcohol mm-hmm. is what she's doing. And so anyway, she's trying to get out of and this dumbass girl goes out through the sunroof. So <laughs> the mayor's truck is fucked up. She gets out screaming and hollering like death is after her, and everybody looking at her like, "What the fuck wrong she with her?" Was a little t- she was also a little tipsy. That's what fucked her up. And so, um, even after she went off on Mercedes, this bitch still gave her a ride home. Right, like you know, Uncle Clifford ba- basically tells Mercedes to take her home, and you know she got to go get herself together. And so she's rude as fuck to Mercedes, even her taking her home. Like she didn't want to invite her in, which I don't blame. I wouldn't want to invite her into that shack that she stayed in too. But, right. Um, I felt like Mercedes was trying to actually be genuine with her. Nah, I think hell no. She, she was being a messy hoe. She wanted to come in there and be like, "Let me see." No, let uh, me see. no. I think she was really trying to be genuine no. with her. If she would have reciprocated that a little bit better, I think that would have been the start of nah, trying to build I don't friendship. think so. No, she, she was like being Mercedes, a shy bitch. Don't like her, right? That's why yeah. she wanted to come in there. Because remember, when she first came in the club, she had red bottoms and shit on, acting like a little bougie bitch, right? So they yeah, taking her true. home. You see this bitch living in a fucking pig sign. You like shit. Let me see what the fuck is in this apartment. The bitch, right. she got a mattress on the floor. <laughs> right, talking about some Eve Saint Laurent. Okay, right. Eve Saint Laurent. <laughs> so, oh, that's so. You think that was her motivation for trying to get? She inside definitely was being place. um shady, just like a shady bitch. No, ain't no way. They don't like each other. We know they don't <laughs> like each other. I think later that'll change, right? No, she definitely wasn't being like. Oh, I'm so concerned. Bitch, no, you're not. You don't even like me. You only doing it because Uncle Cliff forced you to do me. Do it. That's the only reason why she did it. She wouldn't have took her home. So later on that night, um, she's in her little one room um shack. Well, she got a couple of rooms, but um she pulls the cell phone out of the bag of rice, which me and Crystal were talking about that last night. Like that phone did not get saturated with water or alcohol, right. so it really shouldn't have had water mm-hmm. damage. <laughs> but anyway, we see her looking at pictures of what we assume to be is her daughter and her baby daddy or her husband or whatever. And the husband does have a kind of like an ominous look on his face, even in the picture. Like he looked like he probably was abusive or whatever, mm-hmm. but then it cuts to, you know, there's no dialogue or anything like that, but then it cuts to uh, her at this place, which I'm assuming it's the same place where Uncle Clifford went down to try to make his loan payment. Cause you got somebody in the background folding up clothes. She's on an old-timey computer transferring money. Right. All right, so we're going to have a big discussion about where this money is coming from that uh, 
she's transferring. So Paris seems to think that it's from some of the credit cards that she found in the wallet. That's exactly no, what I don't, it's from. No, nah, that's not what I... No, I, I think that whoever she is in her real life, she has money. And she's pulling no. that money out of her account. Because I'm going to go... Well, I mean, I'm be jumping ahead, but when she's talking to Andre later on in that episode in the Paradise Room, and she's telling him, well, if you decide to take that um, kickback, then you need to invest your money here. You need to do this for a tax shelter. You need to do this, this, that, and the other. She clearly knows her way around money. I think she got money. I that's no. just, I think she's pulling that money out of her account because it ain't it ain't that much money. Like like all them credit cards. No, I don't think so. That just, just she she definitely think. she's definitely doing an advance on the cards. And you can tell by the way she's sending herself the money. She could eat if it was her money. She you don't need to, to do all that to do an advance on on credit cards though. Yeah, you do. I work for the credit card. No. Well, hold on, wait a second. Hold on. If it's her money, she can just go to the ATM or the bank and get her own money. With what? She it. doesn't have her wallet. She doesn't have ID. She doesn't have anything. And she's running. She's and she on doesn't the run. want right. nobody she's to know that run. she's alive. Right. She's on the run. She's on the she's run. She's pulling that money out of those accounts. But listen, you just answered your own question. If she's pulling it out of her own account and sending it, pretending to be somebody else and sending it to Lakeisha Savage, that's going to get her caught up eventually. So it's not her own money. It is. I think eventually it will get her caught up, but I think not before she pulled that money out. No, I don't think it's hers. I... So I agree with parts of both of what you're saying. I don't think that it is her own money, but I also don't think that she's getting it off that credit card. I just there's too many tra- transactions that she's doing on it. Any any card holder, any um card holder company is going to flag that as suspicious well, transaction. No, Those, no. Um, well, I work for I work for a credit card company, and I'm gonna tell you, I noticed that she keeps it under ten grand because after when it hits ten grand, then you have it has to, to be recorded. Yeah. Right, so I watch her, like, she keeps doing it, keeps doing it. I'm like, eventually, they're going to be like, okay, why do you keep doing it? But not all the time. But I don't. But that's why she's going to terms. different places, and she's changing her. She's wearing different, well, I'm sorry, I skipped ahead. Forget it. I skipped ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're going to we're gonna have to continue that argument offline, because I know where both of you are going with that. And there's a mystery. Let's just say at this point, we don't know where the money's coming from. She's transferring money to this assumed identity from somewhere. That's what we'll leave it at. So the next night we meet Trinity, which is a combination of Mercedes, Mississippi, and Gidget. They're heading into the club. You know, they're getting ready to perform, do a little routine for the night. And then we see Uncle Clifford and the cook arguing in the parking lot. Uh, basically, the cook wants a raise. Uncle Clifford can't give him a raise, so the cook, cook is not quit. And took his pots with him, and they. Out there I don't. Arguing. I think that's what Uncle so, Clifford said. I think Uncle Clifford ain't paying him. I don't think it was a raise. I think it was money. I think yeah. I don't think he was paying him. I think that's what he told the girl no. back to cover up his tracks. Then I make it look like he was having money. Because remember, that's before anybody knew he had money problems, except for Big L or Big R. What's his name? Big L, Big, Big L, whatever. He the only one that knew that the club was in trouble. I think the quick. I think the the club the the cook quick because Uncle Clifford ain't paying him, or he paid him with a bounce check. Possibly, possibly, but it kind of just it, it just kind of goes back to what I was saying um, on last night's podcast. I just don't understand why he wouldn't be part of the tip out as well. You know, the girls are paying everybody else. They're paying the bartenders. They're paying the DJ. You know, why wouldn't they pay the cook? But I guess so. But anyway, we see Uncle Clifford have a moment where, you know, the, the reality of his situation is I'm fucked up out here. You know, I can't even afford to pay my cook right now. And, you know, right. Mercedes kind of snap him back into place with his codes. You know, they got a G code that they live right. by. 
for the strip club. And I, I kind of like that. So Mercedes kind of snapped him back into reality. Like, yo, there's no crying at the pink. You know, we're going to get through it. You know, let's go get this money. And so um, I just, again, there's a big mystery as to where this money is going. But I, maybe we'll get the answers next episode. But anyway, we see um, Big L and Uncle Clifford. One thing I can say, Big L hold down Uncle Clifford. Like, you know, he helped with everything. So they back there in the kicking kitchen. They're the cooks for the mm-hmm. night. So they're trying to get the wings out or whatever the case may be. And who pops up again? Little Murray. Little, little stalker. Right, little stalker. <laughs> little stalker. <laughs> you said, damn, nigga, are you stalking me? Because that motherfucker will find uh, Uncle Clifford wherever he is. Right. And he's got some new music for Uncle Clifford to listen to. And Uncle Clifford's like, nah, this is more slow. You got to get this shit together. These girls can't dance to this. And basically he tells him, go check out DJ Never Scared. He can help you with your music. And so at that point, uh, Little Murder decides to give Uncle Clifford some feedback on, you know, how his club is perceived. Like, he's like, you ain't got no hookah. You ain't got no money gun. Your girls are farting over on, on my guys when they give it lap dances. Like, these wings are garbage. And he pretty much gives him a recipe on how to make the wings taste better and to get everybody high so they can spend more money in the club. So his suggestion was to cook them in cannabis butter. So butter and marijuana. And then um, pan sear the wings and then bake them in the cannabis butter, which is not really a bad idea. Try that recipe. <laughs> but um, anyway, <laughs> he gives him... It gives them some tips on how to make the wings taste better. And obviously they were a hit because everybody was eating them. So it just kind of tells you that Little Murder is not as dense as his character. You would perceive his character to be. Right. He's, he's, he's got a little sense. You know, he got a little bit of sense about himself. And so then we cut to uh, uh, Corbin and Andre. Andre's filing his way into the club and him and Corbin are in the VIP room and Toy, which is a stripper that fart on everybody, um, is giving him a lap dance and, you know, they try to talk business. Meanwhile, Mercedes and the bartenders and the other girls are kind of out there sizing up the situation. And Mercedes was like, nah, there's two men in the club. They trying to do business. Let the men do business. So hey, Haley is peeping this from the outside. So she's trying to be nosy and find out what this business is about. So she goes in and invites, you know, asks them for a dance. And um, then Mercedes come in there and bum rush the situation. Like, oh, you want me to dance for you? You want Autumn to dance? He was like, nah, I'll take the white look. So at this point, I, I kind of go back to what Crystal was saying. She's smart because she wasn't in there just to be nosy. She was in there to find out what this business was about. Mm-hmm. So while she's dancing, you know, they're having a conversation about the whole um, selling the land versus leasing it. And then... Um, that's when she gives Andre the advice about um, take it, take the kickback and then do a shell corporation and incorporate in Delaware. They have tax shelters for your money. So I agree with you on that, Crystal. She knows something about money. And, and Corbin was no dummy either this. because Corbin was like, "We're not gonna. I don't want to sell the land. I want to lease the land because we'll make." He said, "You know, selling the land is a one-stop shop. If we lease the land, we could do a, t- a ten-year lease and live off of that for the rest of our life." Every 10 years, they got to renew that lease. Like, that's money on top of money on top of money. And that's why he ain't ready to sell. And he he tells, you know, Andre, he was like, listen, if you can talk your people into doing this as a lease, they got a deal. And Andre was like, I'm not really authorized to do that. And that's when he offered him the kickback. Like, well, look, if you do X, Y, Z, I got an extra X, Y, Z for you, you know. 
which they end up he ends up tipping um Autumn to dance for Andre, take him up to the champagne room, and uh, she dances for him, and they have this little conversation about their scars. Apparently, he was born with his heart outside his chest. She had a C-section. And um, they have a little moment where they talk about the whole kickback and land thing. And then um, he pretty much gives her the money, dollars, that um, Corbin had gave for him for the kickback. He gave it to her. Right. Plus whatever she got from Corbin to do the dance. So she came up that night. And let everybody know it. Um, so the next scene we see Uncle Clifford outside smoking a blunt or cigarette or a black mile or something and um mercedes comes out and she joins him and that's when she asks him like yo how bad are you in trouble and he finally tells her how that he need 55 stacks so do we feel like mercedes is going to try to help him or she just trying to be nosy i think she thought it was just a couple of thousand dollars and she could help him did you see her face when he said 55 she was like oh oh, oh yeah well I can't do nothing for you. Yeah, like, because it sounds like he's been in trouble before. She was like, how much is it this time? So, I don't know. It, it, maybe what she was saying earlier offline about him having a gambling problem, because it just sounds like she was like, so how much is it this time? Like, she didn't, and that's what I'm saying, she didn't buy. Like, she's accustomed right, to this. She didn't buy the whole, the cook quit because he wanted a raise. Like, she, she didn't buy it. Like, she knew it was some money issues. You know what I mean? I agree with that. I, I agree with that. I can't even argue that point because I, I got that feeling too that she she's accustomed to stepping in and helping him out when the club is struggling or whatever because at the same time, this has been her livelihood as well as his. So, you know, she's probably helped him keep things afloat when he got in hard mm-hmm. times or whatever. Um, so then we see uh, we see um, it's the end of the night. The girls are coming in and they're doing a tip out. And of course, Haley comes in there and she's showboating that, you know, I got guap tonight, you know, and, you know, Mercedes ain't, ain't, ain't feeling nah, that, you know, she nah, mad. Because remember, she, because like, she said that dude, what they, because first she probably mad at herself because she misread the situation because she didn't think they were spending no money. Mm-hmm. And then she came in there with all that money, like, bam, bitch, how you got this money? Because she thought she fucked right. her. She didn't think that she just got, uh, got a lap dance. Well, actually, she told them they were talking. She's like, nah, you ain't getting no talking and got that kind of money. You know, you probably fuck with right. this money. Or whatever. So they have a little argument at breakout. They break them up. And then that's when Haley tells Uncle Clifford about the casino coming to town and that, uh, you know, this dude is in here brokering this deal or whatever. So Uncle Clifford pretty much blackmails her and says, well, I want to keep your ID until you give me some information about this casino deal, so he sends her on her way to be like, yo, I'm not going to talk to this dude. He he into you. He feeling you. You go get this information and bring it back to me, or I'm going to keep this ID. And so we we know she desperately needs the ID, so she's not going to um, she's going to produce. Right, because see, I didn't, I didn't immediately understand how serious she was, but she had transferred that money in the name of that ID, so she needed that ID to go pick the money up. Right. Right. Um, and so then, um, we see Mercedes gets home and her mama's on her front porch, you know, shaking her down for some more money, trying to make her feel bad about some money. This mama is just the worst. Like, yeah. She's probably worst. one of the worst TV moms. <laughs> yeah. She, <laughs> she's, oh my God. She's terrible. She's awfully terrible. Um, 
And so we close out. Who gonna close us out? Who close out with the last scene? So the last scene we see um, <laughs> um Haley is back at her room. Haley is back at her room, and we find out that Andre is on the phone with his wife. Right. And um they're having a conversation or whatever, and Haley beeps in and he gets off the phone with his wife to talk to Haley and take it from there. I mean, they proceed to have a very erotic phone sex moment where we saw some mm. peen and Ooh. we saw, yeah, and then we even saw the ejaculation. Like, I was like, damn, stars, y'all, okay. Like, <laughs> you know. This is stars at the dark. Right, Clearly, right. This is stars right, this at the dark. The dark. <laughs> I was like, we didn't even see this much on power. I'm like, damn. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a very interesting scene because it was like, it was almost like they went right into it. Like, she called him straight up on some make me feel good type shit. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I said, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that was what's getting ready to happen, but um, she's she's doing her job. You know, she's 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 um, bringing him in. You know, she's willing him in to try to get that information so she can get the ID. So she's good at what she's she she does as far as manipulating a situation or manipulating a person. But I hope that what we're not seeing here is, uh, which they are, they're going to make her this pussy fairy. And I just, I'm not seeing it for her. She's not a pussy fairy. So, you know, you got everybody turned up over her, I guess, because she's light-skinned and she's a new girl. But, you know, everybody want Autumn. You know, she's uh, the new girl but in I think the club. there's some colorism involved in that as well. Club. Yeah, I knew. And I don't so much see it as colorism, but I just see it as, you no, know, she's not what everybody thinks she is. Everybody trying to make her out like she all that. She's not. <laughs> she's but I still. think a lot of people, but I, I, I mean, <laughs> honestly, because again, if we want to stick with the theme of being in the Deep South, we're in that Deep South, white is right, the closest right. thing to white. Right. Like, you notice, in, I mean, I know I'm jumping again, but, you know, when she put that blonde wig on, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think part she of it is she's new. I mean, there's always a thing about being the new girl. But I also think, because like you said, she's not the best dancer. She's not all that. And I mean, I, I think a lot of it goes back to that 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 colorism. Like, she's the light-skinned girl with the, you know, well, I ain't gonna say the pretty hair, but you know what I'm saying? She's that. I just think a lot of it is the colorism. And I think that's part of why Mercedes doesn't like her, is because of that. There's a little low-key yeah. jealousy. I, I agree. I definitely agree to that. this. I agree. You know, you're getting the attention. You're getting the attention that used to uh, that used to be all over me. Now here, you come in here light bright and get all because you know. Look at all, all the little comments they make to her of Hiella, Summer's Eve, and Summer's you know, Eve. I hear that her, one. <laughs> I didn't yeah, hear that one. <laughs> yeah, she don't been called. She don't been fighting. called Summer's Eve. We've been fighting. Summer's Eve. <laughs> well, in last night's episode, he called her. He called her October, October, June, or something like that. Like it's like he, it's like y'all just not gonna call her Autumn, okay? Y'all call her everything but Autumn, okay? Exactly, exactly. But um, so the show goes off, you know. After uh, Andre has his little moment, <laughs> the show goes off. But um, I'm really seeing it for P Valley. I, I I think it's a great writing. Yeah, um, it's very yeah. impressive. Um, the showrunner, um, and from what I've read, um, all the shows are directed by yeah. women. So one um, one of the twins, one really of the twins done. is directing that movie. I can't remember if it's uh, Tasha Smith. 
Um, the one that oh, played. Oh, okay. Yeah, I look. I looked it up today. Tasha. Tasha's the one that was on Why Did I Get Married, right? That yeah, was Tasha. Tasha. Uh huh. Because she's an identical so. twin, so yeah. I would get her and her sister. Yeah, she has because they because mm-hmm. her sister does like the same thing too. But um, yeah, she's actually directing too. So thought that was interesting. They're doing really good with this show. I mean, it, it's it's not what I expected when I see a show about strippers, the portrayal of it. Um, but it, what it also tells you that, you know, there are things that happen in the South and these are the things, these are how things get done. Right. You know, so it, it's not so much about the strip club as much as it is about how, you know, there's corruption everywhere. And, also, you know? and there is also a, so. a different level because you're in the, like, um, uh, the Bible Belt, um, Paris said that earlier, you know, things move a little different in the Bible Belt, you know, so it, it that that's an element of it too, as well, because that's what, you know, I mean, I'm going to jump ahead again, but that's where we get into how, how carefully they have to move. Right. And especially when you're black. And in the yeah. south, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it, it's it's a def it's it's definitely good writing. I, I'm really going to um, compliment Katori Hall, all the cast. I think everyone is doing a real good job. Um, I love the character arts. Um, I love how they're building up the character arts. Um, even though we're probably going to need a couple episodes to really unbox Autumn, because um, with most of the ca- um, characters, I think that we can a-, a lot of our questions can be answered in a episode or within a scene in the episode. But I think with Autumn, I think it's going to take a little bit more to unbox her um, and what her initial motives are versus what she's going to end up. Because I think right now she don't mean nobody no good but herself. Not at all. Yeah. But I think she's going to end up. I think she's going to end up. Well, I got a theory after watching today's episode, but hopefully she ends up, you know, doing the right thing for the pink. So we'll see how that turns out. All right. So with that, we like to appreciate y'all listening to our review P Valley episode 102 scars. Um, you can find us on our social media. Uh, you can find me at retro CG on Instagram. Um, you can find us at TSF Entertainment Podcast on Instagram. Paris, really be y'all tell them where to find y'all at. I'm on Instagram as Paris Devos, T H E B O S S. Um, and I'm on Facebook as Paris Joy. Uh, you can find me on YouTube um, um, as Really Be TV, and you can find me on Instagram as Really Be TV underscore on YouTube. We appreciate y'all sitting here listening to us. Um, We'll talk to y'all next week. Peace out. Bye. You are now listening to TSF Entertainment Podcast.